Good morning. In my message this morning, I'll try to answer the question, what is the gospel? Now, if you were to ask me which Bible verse best sums up the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, there there's quite a few of them that I would point to. But this morning, I would like to bring you to the book of Romans and show you in chapter 3, verse 24, this, uh, this verse. Just turn there with me now. Romans chapter 3, verse 24, we read this declaration. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now may God grant us His grace to give our full attention to this verse. Listen to what it says here. God's people are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now look at these first two words here in our text. Being justified. Beloved, that is what the gospel is in its entirety. And it speaks of how a sinner like you and a sinner like me is justified before God. That word justified means to be righteous or to be declared innocent before God. But it's much more than that. It is to actually be innocent before God. That's the power of the gospel. Well, how can a guilty sinner like you, a guilty sinner like me, be made righteous? How are sinners made righteous before God? Read the answer here in our text. We are made righteous freely by His grace. Now that begs the question, how is it right or, or fair for God to justify guilty sinners like you and me when we don't deserve it? The answer is when He does it through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Beloved, it is by His righteousness that God is both just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. And in Romans chapter 3, verse 24, we see one of those verses that best summarizes the gospel of God's sovereign, free grace in Christ. When the apostle writes by inspiration of the Holy Ghost, declaring that we are justified freely, he is using a word that can be translated without cause. Turn with me to John's gospel, chapter 15. And you'll see the same word freely translated as without cause. It's uh, John's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 25. And uh, we hear here our Lord declaring in verse 25, This cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. He's speaking about the Old Testament. It is frequently declared, They hated me without a cause. You can read that in your study later on this week in Psalm 109, verse 3. But there's many other passages that to say the same thing. Our Lord says, They hated me without a cause. The word freely used in our text in Romans is translated here as without cause. And the context is that our Lord Jesus was hated and is hated by the world. And He said, The world hated me without a cause. The cause of your receiving and believing on Christ is found entirely in our triune God. 
the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are justified freely, that is to say, without any cause found in ourselves. That's what we mean when we talk about God's free, sovereign grace. We are justified freely without any cause originating in ourselves. And the scriptures are not concerned primarily with the question, how can a sinner love God? But rather, the scriptures primarily concern themselves with the question, how is it that a holy God can love a sinner, especially an ungodly sinner like me, an ungodly sinner like you? How does God forgive a sinner and not mar his character and his righteousness? What will it take to quiet the guilty conscience of a sinner? I mean, you understand that if uh, there's a guilty man before a judge of a a heinous crime and that judge says, well, I'll just ignore my justice, I'll set you free, I'll just forgive you. That would be a corrupt judge. And our God, we read in our portion, is the just and the justifier of him who believeth in Christ. The gospel reveals to us how it is that God does not mar his character, does not mar his, his righteousness in the salvation of guilty sinners before him. Now, we ought to know more, or rather, we ought to be more concerned in knowing that God is satisfied before we can be satisfied. And beloved, that is what the gospel reveals by the righteousness of God in Christ, that our God is satisfied. Turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. We'll pick up reading in verse 16. We read, Paul, the servant of the Holy Ghost, declare here, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. And that word to can be translated for faith. We have faith that we might have Christ as the object of our our salvation. We're looking to his faith as our substitute. From faith for faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Beloved, we are justified by the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we read Paul's words, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed, it's it's remarkable. You would think that Paul would write here that the gospel reveals the love of God, or the gospel reveals the grace of God. And beloved, the gospel has revealed his love. The gospel has revealed his grace. But first and foremost, it reveals the righteousness of God. That is to say, in the first place, the gospel reveals how God is right and just to forgive us by his love in Christ through the doing of his perfect righteous life and the dying of his sin-atoning death. For God hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. In other words, the gospel justifies God in that he justifies us justly and freely by and through his grace in Christ. The gospel begins with God and finishes with him and shows us how he is both a just God and the justifier of his people. 
Now it's important that we put that in the correct order. The gospel justifies God when he justifies sinners. Put another way, the gospel declares that our Heavenly Father is just. For in and by and through the power of the gospel, he justifies guilty sinners by making them innocent. How, you ask? By not imputing their trespasses unto his people. Beloved, he hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Beloved, the word of reconciliation is our blessedness. The blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without work, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Paul is saying here in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, when Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, he is declaring God is satisfied. His son has fulfilled the demands of God's holy, unbending law on my behalf. In the strictest possible way, and by the grace he purposed to give me in his Son, Christ Jesus my Lord, I have been made to see by his undeserved grace that our Heavenly Father is satisfied with the doing and dying of his only begotten Son. And if God is satisfied, how can I not be or ashamed of that? That's our sure hope, beloved. And Paul uses the same expression in Romans chapter 5 verse 5. Take a look there with me now. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. We read in verse 5, Hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. These two verses help us to understand why Paul declares I am not ashamed of the gospel in Romans chapter 1 verse 16 and in Romans 5 verse 5. Now when Paul declares this, he is not speaking as a man who would say, I'm not ashamed to tell people that I'm a Christian. Or I'm not ashamed to stand on a corner to hand out gospel tracts. Now don't misunderstand me. Paul would not have been ashamed to do those things. But that's not what he's getting at here. The Holy Spirit moves Paul to write, for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which it should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. The Holy Spirit is saying through his servant Paul, believers are not ashamed of the gospel because in it we learn who satisfies our heavenly Father and how it is he who is ple- and how he is saved how it is he is pleased to save them who believe through the one who cannot and shall not fail. Jesus Christ our Lord. Beloved, this is the sure gospel of our salvation. The only sure deliverance for sinners. The gospel of Christ. Christ, who is our gospel, is the one and only who can and shall deliver sinners from all the fearful and foreboding facts of the deplorable state we find ourselves in. Standing before our God in all His holiness, we find ourselves before an inflexible holy law. All our sin and ruin ever before him are falling short of the law's demands. And yet the gospel declares in Christ there is a sure hope for sinners. 
Now, if you can doubt that you're a sinner, then bid all hope farewell. For Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Paul is not talking about the revelation of God's... Rather, Paul is talking about the revelation of God's love to sinners in Christ. If you are ashamed of the gospel, you have not been given an understanding of who you are and who Christ is. Now, you should be ashamed of many places that call themselves churches who teach and preach another gospel. You should be ashamed of the many false teachers and preachers who preach and teach many foolish things in the name of God, but never be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of God. In Romans chapter 5, verse 5, we just read, Hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Beloved, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts, and this love of God makes us not ashamed. That is to say, beloved, we will not be disappointed. For though the gospel, for through the gospel we learn the thoughts that God thinks towards us, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Well, let's turn there. I don't have the reference in my notes, but I'm Jeremiah chapter. Uh, 29 verse 11 this uh, this hope that maketh not a shame is talking about how beloved we will not be disappointed I pray the Lord give you grace to hear this what we see here in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 is the gospel of our sure hope we read here that our God declares I, I know the thoughts that I think toward you saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give those he has loved, those he has purposed to save in Christ, and notice there this expression, an expected end. No one can believe Christ and at the same time be disappointed, unsatisfied at hearing his declaration. Our Lord said of the accomplishment of his Father's command to save his people, he said, it is finished. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. If the work of Christ on the cross has been revealed to you personally, has been revealed to me personally, through the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit, our hearts and minds are open for us to understand what is to be justified freely and what it means to be upright and righteous before God by the grace He purposes to give us in the love of Christ. Beloved, we will never be disappointed with the gospel of our salvation either in this life or the one to come. Beloved, an expected end waits. For God has shown us in the gospel how a man is justified with God. That's a question you you read in the scriptures. How then can man be justified with God? And every religion asks that question and every religion tries to answer it. This question, how then can a man be justified with God, is taken from the book of Job. Turn with me there to the book of Job. (coughs) Verse 25. 
verse 4. How then can man be justified with God? Or how can he be clean that is born of a woman? Behold, even to the moon and it shineth not, yea, the stars are not pure in his sight, how much less man that is a worm, the son of man which is a worm. I want you to see two things here that are set forth by the Holy Spirit in this passage. First, the wonderful character of God, and the second is the insignificance of man. What this portion of the scriptures is declaring is behold God in his glorious holiness and here is a man, a sinner. Who can unite the separation? How can man, a sinner, be just in the sight of a holy God? You see, that's the only question that matters, sinner. How can one as unclean and vile as you be reconciled to God? Every false religion tries to answer that question and makes one of the following two errors. First, they portray God as having his character degraded. That is to say, they mar his holiness or suggest that his sovereignty is superseded by man. You, you hear it like this, God wants to save you, but he can't unless you let him. What blasphemy. Or they do it another way, they exalt man and they will talk about man's goodness instead of his sin and talk about the power of man's supposed free will instead of his bondage to sin and his depravity and complete and total inability to save himself. Now there is only one truth that correctly addresses this grave problem, this question, how then can man be justified with God? There is only one way by which a sinner can be justified in the eyes of God, and that is through a substitute. God provides himself a lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, he is our gospel, and he sacrifices his perfect humanity his perfect life on the altar of his divinity. See what it says there in Romans chapter 3 again. Romans chapter 3, verse. I'll pick up in verse uh, 21. Now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith, the faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. The Holy Spirit shows us here that God is just and the justifier of those who believe on Jesus Christ. God is just. How is it that he can forgive sin? He does it through Jesus Christ. How does he do it? When our Lord prays for us before our Heavenly Father, and he is ever at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf, 
he prays, Father, your elect child, my sheep, is guilty, but you cannot punish him. And our Heavenly Father would say, Why can I not punish him even though he is guilty? How is that? Confirm the merit of that statement. Our Lord, our advocate with the Father. That's what the scriptures refer to him as. He is our advocate with the Father. He would then say, My first exhibits are the holes in my hands. The second, the holes in my feet. Third, the wound in my side. These are the exhibits of my death on the cross. And they confirm that I have paid for the sins of the sinner now before you. For I gave my life a ransom from the foundation of the world. I lived the life of a man acceptable before you, Heavenly Father, in place of my sheep. I established righteousness here on the earth on your behalf and on behalf of the sinner before you. And all you have given me so that you may be both the just and the justifier of them that believe on me, the one you sent. Father, according to the covenant of grace, you sent me into the world. You promised that if I die and pay the penalty of our people, this elect sinner before you is one of them. You gave me commandment that you would save this sinner for my sake. Father, remember our covenant and forgive this sinner out of your love for me and your people in me. And you know what, beloved? God is faithful. (laughs) He is faithful to his beloved son, Jesus Christ. Faithful to the covenant promise he made to his son. He is faithful to his oath. He is faithful to the work of Christ and his sin atoning blood. God is just. He will not punish the sin of his chosen twice. In the covenant of grace, our Heavenly Father says to our advocate, case dismissed, set the sinner free, free by the righteousness established by the doing and dying of Christ. By the doing and dying of our dear Lord, we have a full and complete cleansing of sin and a perfect standing before God. The guilty sinner stands an innocent, sinless man before our Heavenly Father in love in Christ. Friend, can you see why Paul says he's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? In the gospel we learn that the righteousness of God revealed from faith, for faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. (laughs) If you're not living in Christ... I give you grace to hear the words the just shall live by faith (laughs) it is to be found in Christ as your surety before our heavenly father we are justified by his faith if you're living apart from his faith you're dead you'll come before God apart from his righteousness and you'll be justly sent to hell flee to the cross flee to Christ I beg you be found in his life not your own. Remember what our Lord said, he who keeps his life will lose it. And be sure of this, if you keep your life before your Heavenly Father as your so-called acceptance before God, it's just a filthy rag, you'll be justly condemned to hell. Flee to Christ. Don't keep your life. Lose it for Christ's sake. Be found in his life. We live by the faith 
of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Friend, you are never sure to be a sinner saved until God reveals to you that he is satisfied with his son. You can hear that voice if he's willing, if he's pleased to let you hear it. The voice from a cloud in heaven said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. (laughs) He's the only one who the father finds pleasing in his sight. Not only outwardly, but inwardly. He is the only perfect man. A man who lived out a perfect life on behalf of all his people. That we might be reconciled to God through his doing and dying. Through his righteous life and his sin-atoning death. And you will never be sure that God is satisfied until you see that the Lord Jesus Christ has taken away all our sins. The gospel, I've heard an author that that I, I like reading, and he says this expression very frequently. It's the incommunicable gospel of Jesus Christ. We declare the gospel, but for you to receive it, to understand it, he must give you an understanding that in Christ we stand united to him as he is. (laughs) What a gospel, beloved. As he is right now at the right hand of the Father, so are we in this world. God give you grace to believe it. God must quicken you to rejoice and believe that. That is something that he reveals to all of his people. Beloved, where you are right now, where you sit in that pew, where I stand behind this pulpit, although no one else sees it, In Christ, you are without spot, (laughs) without wrinkle, made wholly perfect before God. And not, it's not, the gospel is not that God pretends that you're you're holy, that pretends that you're, you're without spot or without wrinkle, or pretends that you're righteous. Through the power of the gospel, beloved, you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ, and you lack nothing. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Dear friend of mine, dear brother in Christ, faithful minister of the gospel, was looking at a tract that I had written. <laughs> and uh, it's so good to hear when, when someone says something that's, that's true. It's rare, but we hear it from time to time. He pointed at the scriptures in my gospel tract and said, that's where the power is. <laughs> that's where the power is. I'm going to read you a passage. God give you grace to hear the gospel of your salvation and rejoice in Christ and what he accomplished on the cross on behalf of all his people. Romans chapter 8, verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Beloved, he who knew no sin was made sin for us. Not not an abstract idea of sin. All of that you are, from the tip of your head to the tip of your toe, he was made that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The Lord give you grace to understand these words. 
in Romans chapter 3, verse 24. I, uh, I know uh, a man I'm friendly with. I don't think he would dare say he was an atheist. He'd probably say he was agnostic. And he quips from time to time, Oh, yeah, I read the Bible. Yeah, you read the Bible, friend, but has God opened the book to you? May God open the book to you, beloved, even now this morning. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus.